one aspect of life which particularly needs uh, a little bit of attention in this country is food, what we consume. In many ways, the body that we have constructed, so right now this building, the structural and architectural design may be wonderful, but if the material that they use to build this building is not good, still it will be a big problem. The design may be great. The design, creator's design for this body is too fantastic. But the material you feed it also is important. What kind of material is this design made is something that we need to understand. Food is not a philosophy, this must be understood. Food is not a religion, food is not a morality. Food is about eating sensibly for this body that you have, for the design factors that are constituted in this. In this context, we want to look at food, okay? Hmm? <coughs> in the animal kingdom, we largely classify animals as herbivores and carnivores. Herbivorous animals are animals which eat vegetable matter, carnivores eats meat. If you look at the design factor of how these two creatures have been created, it's essentially different, particularly the alimentary canal. That means from the lip to the anal outlet where the digestion happens in many different stages, the alimentary canal is distinctly dif different between a herbivore and a carnivore. Let's start with your teeth. In all the carnivorous animals, there are cutting teeth in the front, which are incisors, and there are not so well-developed molars, which are also like cutting teeth largely in the carnivorous animals, and they have two extra pair of teeth called canine. This is to tear the meat and eat. In nature, if you had to tear the meat and eat, you would need these extra teeth. I want to check. I know in Hollywood, some people are growing it. <laughs> So, but in nature, if we had to eat meat, these two teeth would be very necessary. Okay, today you're making mincemeat out of it, sausage out of it and swallowing it like a pill, that's a different thing. So, somehow nature did not give you this extra pair of teeth and if you look at the teeth, the dental structure, you have incisors in the front, well-developed molars in the back. And if you look at your jaw movement, all the carnivores have only cutting action in their jaw movement. They are supposed to cut their food into smaller pieces and swallow. All the herbivores have cutting and grinding action. What do you have? You have cutting and grinding action. Why this design factor is? Have you ever put some raw rice in your mouth? Uncooked rice? If you put uncooked rice in your mouth and wait for a minute, you will see the rice will turn sweet in your mouth because there is a certain enzyme called thallin which converts carbohydrate into sugar right here. Or in other words, the digestive process where all the herbivores starts in the mouth region. Carnivores do not have this enzyme, so they need not chew their food, they have to just swallow. But herbivores are supposed to chew their food. You have the enzyme and you have the jaws to chew your food, and if you eat properly, we say fifty percent 
of the digestion should happen in your mouth. The preparatory part of the digestion should happen here, or in other words, your stomach is expecting half-digested food. But right now, we are eating in such a way that largely the stomach is getting not only undigested food, but partially destroyed food. A kitchen means what? It's a place where we take good food, destroy it and then eat. <laughs> largely destroy it in every possible way and then eat. The stomach region is expecting a certain partially digested food so that the enzyme should have mixed with the food before it goes in. But the nature of the food that we are eating today in today's world is largely that which doesn't need much chewing, you can just swallow. Okay, I see a lot of salads coming now, but that was not so some time ago. And if you look at the length of the alimentary canal, in all the herbivores, the length of the alimentary canal is approximately five to six times the length of its body. In all the carnivores, it's three times the length of their body. If you take a dog or a cat or a tiger, the length of the alimentary canal will be approximately two and a half to three times the length of its body. In all the herbivores, it's five to six times. Do you know what's the length of your alimentary canal? No. It could be anywhere between twenty-four to thirty-six feet, depending upon your physical stature. So you… you have a herbivore's pipe. The inner pipe is that of a herbivore. Why this design is, meat travels through the system very slowly. Vegetable matter travels through the system very quickly. If you eat a fruit in your present system, which is a herbivorous system, if you eat a fruit, it will pass through your system in anywhere between one and a half to three hours. If you eat a raw vegetable, it will take twelve to fifteen hours to pass through the system. If you eat cooked vegetables, it will take twenty-four to thirty hours to pass through the system. If you eat cooked meat, it will take <clears throat> forty-eight to fifty hours to pass through the system. If you eat raw meat, it will take seventy to seventy-two hours to pass through the system. Suppose you keep a piece of meat here for the next seventy hours, what happens? Rots. In which season would it rot very badly? Summer. In your body, it's… if it's hot and humid, rotting process happens much more rapidly. In your body, it's always summer. Whatever rots outside, rots much faster inside. If you keep this in your system for seventy, seventy-two hours, what happens there, God knows. Well, you've given up raw meat largely. Cooked meat, if you keep it here for fifty hours, what happens? This also rots, maybe not as badly as raw meat, but this also rots. The same thing happens in your body much faster. If you keep a cooked vegetable here for thirty hours, what happens? Not much, but it could rot over a period of time. If you keep a raw vegetable here for fifteen hours, what happens? Nothing at all. If you keep a fruit here for three hours, what happens? Nothing at all. That's the way it goes through the system. Rotting means just this heavy bacterial activity. You're unnecessarily creating excessive bacterial activity in your stomach and a whole lot of your energy goes in just quelling that revolution inside. There's a rebellion inside. Every day, a huge amount of your energy is spent to just put this down. This is one of the main reasons you and your doctor are sleeping eight to ten hours, really. You change the way you eat, you will see the need for sleep will just come down dramatically. 
You… this is… I'm not talking about the ethic or morality of eating, just the sense of eating. If you… if you get a gasoline car and pump diesel into it, well, it may still go, but struggles at every point. The same with this, if you put that kind of food that this is designed for, this will go at optimum level. I was… you know, just before I came here, the day before I came here, I was at Singapore for the Formula One races. I think it's coming to United States for the first time. I was at Singapore races and I was at the Ferrari… you know, the Ferrari paddock and I was at the garage, how they were doing. The oil company is providing them the best fuel that they can get because they also want to win, all right? But they're filtering this fuel three times over with fine filter, super fine filter and super, super fine filter. I just looked at this and said, okay, I wish… See, this is all it is. This is all a yogi is also trying to do because he wants to be on the first track. He's looking at the fuel that goes in carefully, that's all. If you want to be at optimum level, you have to see how you breathe, how you eat, how you sit, how you stand. You want to somehow live and go, all these things don't matter. You can eat whatever. Even if you eat garbage, you can still survive. People are surviving, isn't it? You can eat garbage and still survive, that's not the point. If survival is the question, eat whatever. When people came here, Wild West, they shot whatever was there and ate. That's okay. That was their survival. Now, don't make that you're eating culture. They eat a slab of meat, you eat a slab of meat. No, now you have choices, isn't it? Then they did not have choices, it was a question of survival. Don't think that's your culture. There is no culture about eating. There is only science of eating. What is suitable for this kind of design, that's what you consume. An individual means you are not further divisible, that's what it means. It comes from the root word indivisible. You cannot be further divided, that's why you are an individual. Now I want to ask you a simple question in this body of yours. Is there one person or two? Sure, only one, right? If there is one, there is a way to take you somewhere. If there are two or five or ten, then this is a crowd, this can't be taken anywhere, isn't it? So first thing, you come to this. If you are being wonderful, who is it? It's Sandeep who is being wonderful. If you're being nasty, who is it? No, no, we're fixing that now. <laughs> who is it? Myself. Sometimes I'm wonderful, sometimes I'm nasty, sometimes I'm beautiful, sometimes I'm ugly. This is the reality of who you are right now, isn't it so? Yes or no? But all the nasty things that you do, if you ascribe it to somebody else or another entity or you divide yourself and become two whenever it's convenient, you cannot transform this one. It's a hopeless case because if it become… if it can become two, if we further poke you, you will become four. If we further poke you, you will become eight. Yes? However much I poke you, I want you to get this, there's only one here. If there's only one, there is room for transformation. If there are two, three, four, because they keep slipping around. Ego is made up 
Ego is an, another entity that you have made up. He's the fall guy in your life. <laughs> yes, all the nasty things he does, all the wonderful things Sandeep does. Now I want all of you to get this. If you are wonderful, who is responsible for this? I want to hear this clearly. If you are nasty, who is responsible for this? If you are peaceful, who is responsible for this? If you are in turmoil, who is responsible for this? If you are sweet, who is responsible for this? You are angry right now, who is responsible for this? Oh, this is fantastic. This is transformation, you know <laughs> Because this is the biggest problem. If you can see, I am angry and I am responsible for this, you are fantastic. Hmm? Whenever you get angry, why do you get angry first of all? Something happened in your life, he is responsible, that is why I will fly. <laughs> if I see whatever happens in my life, it's my responsibility, I will always be looking what can I do about it, yes? When you are looking what can I do about it, do you function intelligently or when you're angry, do you function intelligently? Hmm? When you're angry, you do the most idiotic things in your life, isn't it so? The most idiotic things in your life happen when you're angry, is that so? It's not an intelligent state of existence. When you're angry, are you for yourself or against yourself? Against yourself. One who is against himself, would you call that person an intelligent person or an idiot? So, next time you're angry, you know what it's about. I'm not telling you don't get angry. If it is a pleasant experience, go on, what's the problem? But whenever you get angry, most of the time you suffer more than your victim, isn't it so? Yes or no? Today there's substantial medical evidence for this. If you get angry for five minutes, you take your blood work now, five minutes you get super angry and take your blood test. You are literally poisoning yourself. Your anger, your resentment, your hatred, your jealousy, these are all poisons that you drink and you expect somebody else to die. Life doesn't work like that. It's a very fair world. If you drink poison, you die. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it good? I drink poison and you die, is it fair? If I drink poison, I must die, isn't it? Today, we have always known this by experience, but today there is medical evidence to show you, when you are angry, you are literally poisoning your own system. And it will manifest in so many different ways in your life. If you want to poison yourself, I can suggest you names. At least take it in sufficient dose so that your problem and our problem is over. What is this everyday minor doses of poison? <laughs> Not good, isn't it? I believe in efficiency, what do you think? Whatever you do, you do, must do it well. If you want to poison yourself, do it well. If you want to live, if you want to drink the elixir of life, do it well. If you want to drink poison, do it well, isn't it? What is this everyday small dose of poison and spreading it around everywhere around you? Not worth it, isn't it? 
I am not telling you don't get angry, I don't <laughs> want to take away such a privilege from you. But I am asking you, is it a pleasant experience for you? Huh? No. But Sadhguru, you don't know in my family, if I don't get angry and shout, they won't do anything. Tch. Yes, there are all kinds of people in the world. Somebody is doing something, if you just look at them, some people will get it, why they're being looked at, they'll correct themselves. There is somebody else, if you look at them, they'll stare straight back at you, they don't know why you're looking at them. You must tell them. If you tell them gently, they will understand. There is somebody else, if you tell them gently, they won't get it. You have to yell at them. If you yell at them, they'll get it. There is somebody else, even if you yell at them, they don't get it. You have to knock them on their head and tell them. These are different types of action. Action is as the situation demands, isn't it? Yes? Action is as the situation demands. Action is not about you. Action is about what kind of… De uh, action is required to handle a particular situation. Action is according to the situation, not according to your whim and fancy. Action is about the situation, not about you, never about you. Now, I'm asking you, wherever you are right now, whether you are at the peak of your life or you're in the dumps, it doesn't matter or in between anywhere. I'm asking, wherever you are right now, are you responsible for this? Yes. I want a clear answer. Yes. Yes, sir. yes. If you see I'm responsible for what I am, whatever I am right now, you can dream how you want to be tomorrow. If you're not willing to be responsible for what you're right now, you have forsaken your tomorrow even before it comes, isn't it? Yes? You've forsaken your future even before you… it comes. You don't have to live it and see, anyway it's gone already because you are an accidental being. You will not create your life the way you want it. If you're not responsible for what you are, how can you be responsible something that you're not yet? Only if you see I'm one hundred percent responsible for everything that I am, now you can say, okay, how do I want to be tomorrow? It's a possibility. Between the possibility and reality, there is a distance that we have to walk that's different, but the possibility is there. If you say, I am not responsible for what I am right now, you close the possibility. Yes? So I'm asking you again, if you get angry, are you responsible for this? How sweet, how sweet. This is… this is called transformation, less than twenty-four hours, fantastic you are <laughs> Because the science of getting angry is just this, something happens to me and I think he's responsible, now anger arises. If I see I'm responsible, I'm just looking how to fix it, how to fix it, how to fix it, yes? When I say responsibility, do not take it in your the way the social connotations are. The word responsibility is very beautiful. It is response and ability. If you see I'm responsible for something, you will have the ability to respond. If you think I'm not responsible, 
you will lose the ability to respond and you will react wildly to everything that comes your way. I'm asking you whether beautiful things happen to you or most horrendous things happen to you in life, you cannot fix it hundred percent. Whatever may happen to you, would you like to retain your ability to respond to it? Yes? Especially if ugly situations happen, is it not all the more important that you need to respond to it properly? Yes? If you see, whatever happens in my life is my responsibility, you will retain your ability to respond. If you think you're not responsible, you will function in wild compulsive reactions to the situations. Now, somebody is lying down here, I call him, no response. I shake him, no response. I poke him, no response. What do you think? Dead. If he is completely incapable of responding, that means he is dead. So what is life? The ability to respond, isn't it? If losing all ability to respond is death, your ability to respond is life, isn't it? Now the question is, how alive do you want to be? Fifty percent is okay? Safe, you know? Thirty-five is passing mark <laughs> How alive do you want to be? One hundred percent? I'm asking all of you, how alive do you want to be? One hundred percent. If one hundred percent aliveness has to happen within you, you must remove all the barriers that you have set up for your ability to respond. How are you losing your ability to respond? When you are a little child, <laughs> like this, suppose a butterfly came into this hall, your life flew with it, your being flew with it, isn't it? Today, butterfly comes, most probably will not notice it. <laughs> if you do notice it, you'll ignore it. Or if you pay attention and you've been to some science college, you know some unpronounceable name about it. But you don't fly with it anymore. See, with age, Agility can come down, aliveness cannot come down, isn't it? Yes, yes or no? Yes. If you're hundred, can you be as alive as a five-year-old child? Yes. Maybe not as agile as him, but can you be as alive? Yes. yes. But please tell me, when you're five years of age, how alive you were? Today, how alive you are? Has it gone up or gone down? That is because you're committing suicide in installments. How you commit suicide in installments is, when you were a child, you could respond to everything. Now, I am not responsible for this, I am not responsible for that, I am not responsible for this. There are one or two people I've kept in my life. Only their little life happens. The rest of the place, I walk around like a stone, not responding to anything. Even if you want to be alive with one or two people, you better practice it everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> no? No? Yes. Now, you want to be hundred percent alive? Yes. 
If you want to be hundred percent alive, if you put restrictions on your ability to respond, can you be hundred percent alive? So I am asking you, your responsibility or your ability to respond, where does it begin, where does it end? Where does it begin, where does it end? Starts with you, ends where? Ends with you only. We'll look at this. What's your name? I'm sorry. Huh? Tarun. You married? Okay. Wife here? No. That's safe <laughs> Well, let's say she's right now ten kilometers away in this town. In this town? No. Let's just say she's there now. But, okay, how many kilometers? Fourteen hundred. You kept it a safe distance <laughs> Wife is fourteen hundred kilometers away. You're sitting here. What's happening with her, you do not know. You have no ability to do something about her right now. But I'm asking, are you responsible for your wife? Tell me clearly, I want her to hear. Yes. You can't do anything about her right now, right? Can you do something sitting here? No. But you're still saying I'm responsible for her. Because only because you see I'm responsible for her, you feel she's your wife. The moment you say I'm not responsible for her, within you the sense of that she belongs to me is gone, isn't it so? Yes? So your ability to respond is one thing, your ability to act is another thing. Action requires many capabilities, but responsibility is only a question of willingness, isn't it? Yes? Action requires so many parameters to be fulfilled. We cannot perform action just about anywhere, whichever way we like, because it requires many ingredients. But responsibility is just your willingness to respond. So you are saying you are sitting here fourteen hundred kilometers away, you are still responsible for her. So I am asking, what is your range totally? <laughs> If she goes four thousand kilometers, are you still responsible? Oh, okay, you have a pretty good range. I'm asking all of you, what is your range for your ability to respond? Is there a limit on it, I'm asking? Can you respond to anything if you are willing to respond? Yes. yes? But can you act on anything even if you're willing to act? No, your action is always limited. It doesn't matter who you are, how big you are, even if you're a superhuman being, your actions are always limited. But your responsibility, is it limited or unlimited? unlimited. It's unlimited. If you see, my ability to respond is limitless. Now, life situations, whichever way they come, to the best of your ability, you respond. What you can do, you do. What you cannot do, anyway will not happen, isn't it? But now, if you think I'm responsible for these people, I'm not responsible for these people. Right now I'm sitting here, I think I'm only responsible for these people, I'm not responsible for these people. Even if there is something I can do here, I will not do because this is not my responsibility. 
But if I see my responsibility is limitless, whatever I can do, I will do. What I cannot do, anyway I cannot do, that's all there is, isn't it? In your life, if you do not do what you cannot do, that's not the problem. If you do not do what you can do, you're a disaster, isn't it? Yes or no? You did not do what you can do, this is a disastrous life. You did not do what you cannot do, that is not a problem. But that is what you will become. The moment you fix limited responsibility for yourself, that is what you become. Any number of things that you could do, you will not do because you think that's not your responsibility. Is your responsibility limited or unlimited, I'm asking you? Unlimited. All of you, I'm asking you? Unlimited. It's unlimited. Is your action limited or unlimited? Limited. limited. You must get this distinction properly. If you mix these two things up, then you will try to avoid responsibility because you think it's compulsive action. Your ability to respond is always limitless. It's not some new lesson I'm telling you. All the time, you sit here, what you exhale, the trees are inhaling. What the trees exhale, you're inhaling right now, aren't you? Yes. Are you responding or not to every plant life on the planet? Your body is responding. Today there is scientific evidence to show you every subatomic particle in this body, as it sits here, is responding to the whole universe, otherwise it cannot exist for a moment. Yes? Everything here is responding, only your mind is resisting. I'm asking you, shall we attune your mind in line with your life or do you want your mind to work against the life process? Life process is happening here only because it's responding, isn't it? Yes? Only in response to the universe, this life is happening here. Only in your mind, you have walls and walls of resistance. Shall we remove this? If you remove this, your mind will work for you. If you do not remove this, your mind will work against you. Any kind of unpleasantness within you simply means your mind is working against you. If you truly see, I am responsible, if my ability to respond is limitless, I'm… my responsibility is limitless. Can you get angry, I'm asking you? Hmm? Just look at it in… intellectually you look at it right now, experientially will come later. If you are truly seeing, Whatever is happening here is one hundred percent my responsibility. Who is there to get angry with? Oh, that also you can do, is it? That is because you are schizophrenic. If there is only one person here, who will get angry with whom? Because you are creating two, you can get angry. <laughs> we were, I thought I already fixed that. If there is only one person here, with whom will you get angry? There is no such thing. It is convenient for you to create two so that you can keep this nonsense going. Because anyway you are angry, anger means in some way you are out of control. Either you have to find this guy or this or this, if nobody is there, you will invent someone here. Otherwise someone there, you will get angry with God. Yes or no? Yes. Somebody. But the thing is, even if nobody is there, yesterday I was telling you, People come to the ashram and I say, see, all… only condition is, I'll provide you what you want. Only condition is, 
Whenever I check you, you must be joyful. You think they are? Being alone, they're going crazy. When you're alone, if you're unhappy, that means you're in bad company, isn't it? Yes or no? <laughs> Even when you're alone, if you're suffering, your mother-in-law, your friend, your boss, your wife, all these people, horrible people, let's leave them. You're alone, you must be blissed out. No, even if you're alone, you're, you're suffering, you're definitely in bad company, isn't it? Some situation happens to you, if you're clearly seeing this is my responsibility, do you really get angry? You might get okay like this. Let's go one step at a time. Please look at it practically in your life. Right now, you wanted something, it went wrong, you say, okay, this is me. Do you get angry? You're seeing how to fix it, isn't it? Because it becomes very important now to fix it. Now, you know, when something goes wrong, it must be either him or him or him or him. No, nobody here, that fool is always there. Yes, you don't find anybody, that fool is always there to throw all the garbage upon. Wherever you throw it, it will make its rounds and come back to you. Wherever you pass the buck, it'll make its rounds and come back to you. This is known as karma. You heard of this word? Karma means if you throw it this way, it will make its round and come back to you. If you throw it that way, it makes its round and come back to you. Because you cannot throw it anywhere. It's only your imagination that you think you're throwing it. See, you get angry and shout at this person. You think you let it go. You're not letting go anything. You're just messing up this one, that's all. That one has a choice whether to be affected by this or not, isn't it so? Yes? Right now I get angry with you. If I get angry with you, you have a choice whether to react to it or just ignore it or just walk away or just whatever, isn't it? But I'm messing myself because what I do to myself cannot be fixed, it is going on. So karma is because karma means action. If you perform some action, it will create a natural consequence within you. It is not that somebody is sitting there and judging you and fixing things, crime and punishment and all this stuff. It is just that every action has a natural consequence. And by the time it makes its rounds and come back in time, a pebble might have become an avalanche and you can't recognize it, that you started it and it may be so big. You heard, definitely heard of Akbar and Birbal, have you? Akbar was a great emperor. Emperor's names are written all through history because they sponsor historians. Yes. Yes. But Birbal, Birbal is Akbar's minister. Birbal, minister's names are never written down, but Birbal lives in the hearts and minds of Indian people. You can't get rid of him because with the enormous intelligence, the wit and wisdom with which he existed, he found a place in everybody's hearts and minds. You can't get rid of him. His name need not be written in the history book, it just lives on. One day, in the full assembly of the court, Akbar, without any warning or provocation, just turned around and slapped Birbal in the face. The whole court was shell-shocked. They couldn't believe this. The minister, the chief minister being slapped like this in public, he's the number two man in the empire. 
Birbal also did not know why he was slapped like this, but he's a very intelligent man. The chief of the army was standing next to him, he just turned around and slapped him. That guy was already in a shock, seeing Birbal being slapped, when he got it, he didn't know what's happening here, then he thought, he reasoned, Akbar slapped Birbal, Birbal slapped me, there must be something to this. And he turned around and slapped the next guy. <laughs> Three days later, after a hard day's work, Akbar went into the queen's chambers to meet the queen. The moment he entered, the queen slapped. He got really mad. He said, you fool, how dare you slap me? I am the emperor around here, I'll take your head, uh, head off. Taking people's head off was one of the pastimes for the kings <laughs> because working heads and kings never got along. <laughs> the queen said, what rubbish, why are you getting angry like this? Don't you know this game has been going on all over the nation for the last three days? The rules of the game is whoever slaps you, you can't slap that person back, find somebody else and slap him. Just now somebody slapped me and I slapped you on its goal, you only started this game. Karma is like this, you let it out. Wherever you let it out, it makes its rounds and comes back to you. If you don't want karmic missiles to come and hit you, first step that you take is that you stop passing the buck. You say, if I'm happy, it's me. If I'm unhappy, it's me. If I make it, it's me. If I don't make it, it's me. If I'm at the peak, it's me. If I'm in the dumps, it's me. If I live, it's me. If I die, it's me. If I win, it's me. If I lose, it's me. Is it okay? Fix this one thing, suddenly you see there is a new sense of freedom in everything that you do. My responsibility is limitless. My actions are limited because my hands are small. My actions are limited, but my responsibility is limitless. Is your responsibility limited or unlimited? What is totally? <laughs> unlimited. <laughs> That's good <laughs> Now, I'm going to ask you a few simple questions. I want you to look at it within yourself and say clearly yes or no, okay? Now, are you responsible for your home being peaceful? Yes. Everybody in your house are quarrelsome people. Are you still responsible? Yes. Doesn't… even if they are, right now everybody in your home are quarrelsome people. Even if they are so, are you responsible for a peaceful home, I'm asking? Yes. Are you responsible for a peaceful street? Yes. Somebody may be fighting somewhere, you may not be able to stop it, it may not be within the purview of your actions, but are you responsible, I'm asking? Yes. Hmm? Okay. So if there's fighting on the street, you are saying, I'm not responsible and mind your own business, but if the fight erupts and enters your house, then you will say, we must do something. Yeah, then it may be too late. So you're that kind, unless you push to the corner, you will not accept it. Yes? So this, this concept is alien to me, I'm not responsible. It is not a concept. I'm just asking you a question, where is the concept? I'm saying so. Okay. So if Bombay erupts into violence, you're not responsible, isn't it? 
But if it enters your house, you're responsible. It's not responsible, you have to react. You'll not respond, you'll react. I will act upon it, but I'm not responsible for the See, please understand, please understand. I am not asking who is to be blamed for this. I am only asking, are you responsible? I am not asking, there is fighting, who is to be blamed for this fighting? No. Okay, you are sitting here right now. Someone is dying in the other part of the class out there. Are you responsible for this? Tell me whatever is true for you. No. So someone is dying there, I am not responsible for it, so you'll just sit here. Suppose… No, no. We'll come, we'll come. Yes, I… I… I get that. I want you to understand the difference between responsibility and blame. Generally, in social context, I thought already I cleared that aspect, generally in social context, you are using the word responsibility to fix someone. You are responsible means you must be hanged. I am not talking about that. I am not talking somebody is dying, who should be hanged? I am asking, would you like to retain your ability to respond to it? If you think I'm not at all responsible, how will you have the ability to respond to it? I would like to No, no, I'm not talking about helping or not helping. You may be capable of helping, not capable of helping. So many issues are there with action, all right? I'm asking you a simple, basic question. Suppose right now, this little object, it fell down. I think I'm not responsible for this. What will I do about it? Tell me. Nothing. Not in leave it. Nothing. Because I think I'm not responsible for this, I will not be able to do anything about it. But if I see I'm responsible for this, if I want, I can bend down and pick it up. But if I'm made, li if I'm made like many of you, I cannot bend down then I can request somebody, please pick it up for me. Or if I don't need it right now, I can take it later. Or I don't need it at all, I can choose to leave it and go away. I can do any number of things because I see I'm responsible for this. But if I see I'm not responsible for this, I'm not able to do anything about it. Which do you think is freedom? Being responsible gives you freedom, or not being responsible gives you free. No, that is not what your logical mind is saying. Your intellect is saying, if you don't take responsibility, you will be free. Yes or no? Please look at your life and see, to what extent are you free? Only to the extent you've taken responsibility, only to that extent freedom has manifested in your life, isn't it so? The logical dimension of your life, and the experiential reality of your life are diametrically opposite to each other. So I am asking you experientially, you're sitting here, somebody is dying there, I am not asking you who should be hanged for this death, leave that aspect, okay? I am asking you, somebody is dying there, are you responsible for this? If you see I am responsible, if you are a doctor, you will run and do something, if you're not one, you will try to get one or you will give them a glass of water and let them die or hold their hand and let them die. 
If all these things are being done by somebody, you will sit here with a little concern. Hmm? But somebody is dying there, I am not responsible for this. You will sit here like a stone. What I am asking you is, do you want to be a full-time human being or a part-time human being? Somebody is dying here. If you see I am not responsible, how things will work within you? If you see I am responsible, how things work within you? Are they phenomenally different? Yes. Yes? Which is better, I am asking you? Being responsible. This is not because it's better that you're being responsible, because that is the only way this life can function. This life will become a full-fledged life only in response. If right now your breathing apparatus refuse to respond to the outside situation, you're dead or no? Yes? We can go further down using all kinds of scientific data, how it's responding and all. At least with your breath you know you're responding, isn't it? If this refuses to respond, suppose you don't like the person who is sitting next to you, I don't want to inhale what he's exhaling, you can only die, isn't it? <laughs> you may not like him, but what he exhales you inhale without any problem, isn't it? I'm saying the problem is only psychological. Your body has no problem, your life has no problem, nothing here has any problem, only your mind is resisting, isn't it? Yes? I'm asking, shall we align your mind with the nature of your life or shall we allow it to work against it? Align it? The only way to align it is to make it function as life functions. Life is functioning in unbridled response to everything. You may not be conscious of this. Sun comes up, your whole system responds, don't know? You may cover yourself with blanket and go back to sleep. But everything within you responds. We can show this to you medically if you attach it to a few instruments. Even if you're fast asleep, if the sun comes up, the whole chemistry changes. Do you know this? Yes? You know? Why when you travel from one country to another country, your system is all wonked out is… <laughs> is simply because the chemistry of the system is little confused. The sun was not to, supposed to come up for the next twelve hours, it's already come up. So it's little struggling to adjust. Otherwise, every day, everything within you, every cell in your body, every atom in your body is responding. I'm saying, shall we make the mind also like the rest of the life apparatus that you have? Only if you make like that, you will be without friction. If one goes this way, another goes that way, unnecessary friction within you. I'll again ask you, somebody is dying there in Philippines. <laughs> Are you responsible? I'm not asking, did you cause the cyclone? I'm not asking you, did you cause this cyclone? I'm asking you, are you responsible? Even if you see it on the television, will something within you respond even without consulting you? Yes or no? It is not that you have to say, I am responsible for all these people in Philippines, this, this, this. Is something within you responding? If you're… if you're human, it is responding and that's all I'm saying. The only choice you have is either to respond consciously or to respond unconsciously. Isn't it better, whatever the hell we're doing, is everything better if we do it consciously? I'm asking you this much. 
whatever it is. If your heart beats little more consciously, if your brain works little more consciously, if your liver functions little more consciously, is life better, I'm asking? Yes. That's all I'm telling you. Is that a problem? No. Now I'm asking, if somebody is fighting in your street, are you responsible for this? Whether you can or not is not the point. See, sometimes you may be able to do something, many times you can't do anything about these situations, yes? But I'm asking, are you responsible, that's all. Don't jump into action. Which comes first? Responsibility comes first or action comes first? If you see I'm responsible, there is a choice of action. Whether to act or not, also you can… you can decide responsibly, isn't it? Now you have your children. If you have a child, are you responsible for your child? Does it mean to say, you will jump into action, into everything that they need… they need? No. You will choose what to do, what not to do, out of your responsibility. So whatever you do not do for the child is not out of not being responsible. Out of your responsibility, you will choose not to do certain things for them, isn't it? Similarly with the world, what you can do, you will do. What you cannot do, you will not do. And when it comes to action, there are various ingredients. There is time, there is inclination, there is energy, there is a situational support or lack of support, any number of ingredients for action to be successful, isn't it? Considering all this, we will choose either to act or not to act, that's a different thing. Action need not be compulsive. If you see I'm responsible, it will leave you open. If it's possible, you will act. Not possible, keep quiet, that's all you can do. But if you think I'm not responsible, even if it's possible to act, you will not act. That's a disastrous life, isn't it? Now, are you responsible for the world being peaceful? Yes. Yes? Tomorrow morning, let's say, God came to your house and introduced himself. Do you need introduction? or already been introduced? Huh? Need introduction. So you've not been introduced, so God came and introduced himself, see, I'm God, but you know, I cannot be responsible for you. What will you do with this God? Keep him or throw him out? Huh? Chuck him out, isn't it? Because if God comes here and says, I'm responsible for this and not responsible for that, he's fired, isn't he? Because it doesn't matter which religion, which culture, what nonsense you believe or disbelieve, what is it that you consider as God, that which is responsible for everything in the existence, isn't it? A limitless responsibility is what you're referring to as God. You've never seen one, have you? Huh? Not even been introduced. But you see, so many things in the universe are happening without you meddling with it. You're not doing it, so everybody came to a conclusion, there must be somebody else doing all this. And that somebody else or something else or whatever you want to call it, that is what you're referring to as God, isn't it so? Limitless responsibility is what you're referring to as the divine or God, isn't it so? So why this responsibility, responsibility is… this is not a civic lesson for you. This is the simplest and easiest way 
for you to experience and express your divinity. Why I am saying this is the simplest and easiest way is, for you to see my responsibility is limitless, what do you have to do? What do you have to do? Right now, you're sitting here, is your responsibility limited or unlimited? Unlimited. unlimited. What did you do to see that? What did you do to see that? Nothing, you did nothing. You can sit here and see my responsibility is limitless. You can walk on the street and see my responsibility is limitless. You can cook at home for two people and see my responsibility is limitless. You can work in your office and see my responsibility is limitless. You can lie down in your bed and see my responsibility is limitless. Yes or no? Does not demand any specific action. It is just about moving from unwillingness to willingness, that's all it is. If you see my responsibility is limitless, all that's happened is, from being an unwilling piece of life, you become a willing piece of life. Whatever happens to you willingly, that's your heaven. Whatever happens to you unwillingly, that's your hell, isn't it? Yes or no? Yes. Now, uh, you like laddu? What do you like? Huh? You like laddu. So we're going to get the best laddu made in heaven, okay? Best laddu in the world. We're going to stuff it into you now. Because you like it, right? So we're going to stuff lot of laddus into you. This may become the ugliest experience of your life, isn't it so? Yes? But if you took it in your hand, willingly you ate it, wow! If I stuff it into you, it can be the ugliest experience of your life. What is the difference between your love affair and the rape? Willingness to unwillingness, isn't it? Do you want to make your journey of life from willingness to unwillingness or from unwillingness to willingness? When you were a child, you're willing for everything. Whatever little experience of life here and there, somebody stepped on your toes, somebody did something ugly, somebody did this, 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 or somebody did to somebody and you became like this and slowly you cringed from willingness to unwillingness has become the journey. As you become more and more unwilling to the process of life, everything seemed to be torturous. If you say, I am not responsible for something, what you're doing is, I am unwilling to have anything to do with this one, yes or no? When I say I am not responsible for this Arvind, what does it mean? I am unwilling for anything with this man, yes or no? Like this you have become unwilling to most of the universe, willing only one window open. There was a king, you know king? King means peak of power, peak of pleasure, peak of prosperity, peak of everything. It's everybody's dream. Everybody wants to be like a king somewhere. You will try in your office. If it doesn't work, you come home and try it on your wife. It never works. <laughs> then you try your children. No way. <laughs> then you tug your dog around a little bit. 
It doesn't work. Go into the bathroom and kick the bucket around. That's why we change from metal to plastic, so that you don't get injured. <laughs> metal buckets are harmful to health. <laughs> Somewhere you want to be like you're at the top of the world, yes? But this, I'm talking about a real king who has a kingdom for himself. Suppose you're a beggar, what is your concern? Security. Why? Because you don't know where the next meal is, always security, what will happen, what will happen. So what would be your dream? To become a king. But if you become a king, the kings are always far more concerned about their security than the beggars, isn't it? So our king was seriously concerned about his security. One day, he had a brain wave, bright idea. So he decided to build a new palace for himself. Security being the sole concern of this palace, he built the palace like this, all the walls were twenty feet thick, no windows, no ventilators, just one door, one door only. And at this door he put one hundred trusted soldiers, all of them with drawn swords ready. One hundred means three ships, three hundred. One day he came out for a walk. When you live in a palace without windows or vents, you have to come out for a walk pretty often. He came out. There was a beggar sitting in front of the palace. He looked at the king and laughed. When you're feeling like a king, nobody should laugh at you, isn't it? That to a beggar, if he laughs at you, he had it. So he sent his soldiers, why is this fool laughing at me? Find out. His men went there and said, why are you laughing at our king? But the beggar is laughing uncontrollably, tears in his eyes and laughing. So he himself came, he said, you tell me, why are you laughing at me? But the beggar was bursting, laughing his head out. The king said, see, I'm going to count one to three. If you don't tell me before that, why you're laughing at me, we'll take off your head. The beggar said, please, please wait, wait, I don't want to laugh through my open neck. It is just that, uh, you know, you think this palace is safe. It is not. Immediately the king became interested, because it's a security issue now. So he asked the beggar, how is it not safe? The beggar said, see, I have an enormous experience with people. You know, beggar handles the largest number of clients per day <laughs> I have a huge experience with people. And what I have realized is, in one's life, if you can find one person with whom you can trust your life, everything, you're a very fortunate being. Ninety-nine percent of the people will never find that one person. Three hundred people, you trust your life with them, you give them sharp weapons, look at them, how they are. You don't even know their names. People can switch loyalties and stick it into you anytime. The king looked at them, Big moustache, big men, fierce-looking men. The king looked at them. Suddenly, every one of them looked like the very embodiment of evil and he trembled. He trembled with fear because any… he doesn't even know their names. They're holding weapons and standing, they can stick it into you any moment. Then he looked at the beggar in total fear and asked, what shall I do? 
Now the beggar transformed himself into a security consultant. <laughs> he said, you do one thing, you just go back into the palace right away and ask them to seal that one door. This is the problem. You seal this one door, you're safe. King was about to go, then he looked and said, but then it'll become my tomb. The beggar said, it already is. In every possible way you killed yourself, you kept one door open to stay physically alive. Please close this, your problems are over, our troubles are over, Mother Earth is free from you, everything will be fine. Now, in so many ways, you're doing this. <laughs> All twenty-feet thick walls everywhere, with one door open, little love affair happening. This is not a love affair, this is a survival trick. If you close this, you know you will be finished. Yes or no? Yes. If you close this one door where you kept little open, you know you will be finished. So you're keeping one door open for survival. I'm not talking about opening one more door, that means having an affair with the neighbor. No, I'm talking about demolishing the wall. What is your problem? There is only one thing that needs to be preserved in you, that is the physical body. Body needs preservation. Your thought, your emotion, your rubbish, your philosophy, your belief, these things need not be preserved. If you demolish everything right now, in the next moment, a whole new structure can come up, yes or no? If you destroy the body, you cannot recreate it, so we must preserve it. Only the physical body needs preservation. Everything else in you, you can pull it down right now, next moment a whole new structure can come up, isn't it? Yes or no? Is it okay? Is it okay to pull it down, pull down the walls? This is what responsibility means, that you respond to everything that you're in touch with right now, indiscriminate response. If you are not selective in your response, you will never get entangled, you will only be involved. Involvement is needed for life, entanglement will take away life. But because entanglement takes away life, if you refuse to involve, you will have nothing to take away, you are not even alive. Do you understand what I'm saying? Life happens only with involvement. Involvement means responding in an unbridled way. What is it that you call your love affair? Please tell me. Just responding to somebody, isn't it so? Yes? What you do with individual people in terms of action and relationship, it may be different. Now, you're sitting here, very loving, your child comes, you grab him and put him on your lap. You're still, still sitting here, very loving, your neighbor comes, you don't grab and put them on your lap. You do this <laughs> Your friend comes, something else, somebody else comes, something else. Depends what kind of relationship we have established, accordingly we will take a certain type of action. But I am asking you, I want you to address this question absolutely sincerely and I don't want you to go out and say, Sadhguru said this, okay? I'm only asking you. At a certain moment, let's say, for example, you loved your mother immensely, let's say at a certain moment, maybe not now, now you may have issues with her. When you were young, <laughs> you 
experienced a moment of great sense of love with her. Suppose you had a dog, at a certain moment you experienced a great moment of love with your dog. I'm asking you, the quality of love that you have with your dog and the quality of love that you have with your mother, are they different, I'm asking you? The relationship may be different. The quality of love, is it different? No. Now don't go out and say, Sadhguru said my mother and dog are same <laughs> because they're a whole bunch of people like this <laughs> everywhere. I'm not saying your mother and dog are same. I'm saying, when you respond to something, what you experience, whether it's a rock or a tree or a dog, your mother, your wife, your child, your husband, it is in the way you respond because the experience is within you, it's got nothing to do with anybody around you. Right now you're sitting here, there is somebody in this room whom you love very much. If that somebody goes and stands on the main street, can you sit here and still love them? Are you out of range? <laughs> you can still love them? Yes. They walk ten miles, can you still love them? One hundred miles, can you still love them? Yes. They died, you do not know. You sitting here, can you still love them? See, such a person does not exist, you're still loving. Whose love is this, I'm asking? This love is about you, not about the other person, isn't it? You're using the other person as a key to open up the love within you. I am asking you, why are you fumbling with keys when there is no lock, when there is no door, when there is no nothing? You create an illusory lock and an illusory key. Once you create an illusory key, how to keep it in your pocket will be your only concern. For most people, their love affairs are a joy only in the beginning. After that, it's just series of anxieties. What will happen? What will happen? What will happen? Isn't it? This is your love. I am asking you, I am only talking about upgrading your technology. Right now, your joy, your love, your happiness, your blissfulness, all these things are on push start. This is like 1960s cars, you know. If you buy a car along with that, you had to get two people in the morning, because morning push start. Little later, there were crank start, it's crank start, one would do. Now they're all self-start, remote start, isn't it? Now I'm asking, do you want the vital aspects of your life, your peacefulness, your joyfulness, your blissfulness, your love on self-start or push-start? Self-start. If you keep it on… if you want to keep it on self-start, you must have no restrictions on your ability to respond. If you are able to respond to the air that you breathe, if you respond right now consciously, this is a great love of hell. You can do without your husband, your wife, your child, you can't do without your breath for a moment. It's a constant engagement, isn't it? But you're not experiencing the joy of this engagement because unconsciously, unwillingly doing it. If you do anything unwillingly, that feels like hell. Now the choice is just this, do you want to have a full-fledged love affair with this creation or do you want to be raped by life? That's all the choice is. Yes, 
In some people's experience, they're being raped by the whole life process, isn't it? And for some people, it's a phenomenal love affair, the choice is yours. If you say, it's my responsibility, you can make this into your love affair, otherwise anyway you'll get the works. Yes or no? Yes. Anyway you'll get the works of life, isn't it? Next one and a half hours, that is ninety minutes, I want to be super conscious about responding to everything consciously. The air that you breathe, the earth that you walk upon, the life around you, animate things, inanimate things, trees, everything, the cloud, the sky, whatever your five senses are in touch with right now, you must consciously respond to that, okay? If you can continue this till the last moment, till you fall asleep, it's great, but one and a half hours or ninety minutes, you must do this. Whatever is happening or not happening, it doesn't matter. Seeing that my responsibility is limitless, I can respond to everything around me. Consciously respond, don't start a debate, that is okay Sadhguru, I was going on the street, this young child, you know, came and showed his miserable face. I… how am I responsible for this? Don't start a debate. Logically, I can also prove to you I am not responsible for anything. But the truth is you're responsible. If you see it, you will move towards your liberation. If you do… if you resist it, you will get tangled up within yourself. That's all the choice is. There is no choice about being responsible or not being responsible. The only choice is either consciously responsible or unconsciously responsible. Let's do it consciously. Hmm? The air that you breathe, the water that you drink, the food that you eat, I want you to do it totally responding to it. The food that gets into you, is it responding to you? If it does not respond, it would kill you, getting into you, isn't it? It responds to you, that is why it nourishes your life. Why don't you also consciously respond to it? Hmm? The water that you drink, is it responding to you? The air that you breathe, is it responding to you? Now you reciprocate the response consciously. You are anyway responding, just do it consciously, let's see what happens. Till tomorrow morning you come here, you keep on reminding yourself, my responsibility is limitless. But you do not utter the word responsibility. Don't go home and tell somebody in your family, you are responsible for the whole universe. Responsibility is a bad, wo bad word, you never utter this word. This is not talking responsibility, this is not thinking responsibility, this is not doing responsibility, this is being responsible because that is the way life is, that is the nature of life. This is not your ideology, this is not my concept that you're taking on. This is the way existence is functioning, just being responsible. Out of this whatever happens, let it happen, above all don't try to be good. Just say, whatever the hell you do, you're responsible for whatever you do and whatever you do not do, yes? So do whatever you want, seeing that this is my responsibility. Let's see what happens. If it works, we'll keep it. But tomorrow if it's not worked, 
from tomorrow no responsibility at all. Fair enough, but you must experiment, not in your head, with your life. You experiment, if it works, we'll keep it, if it doesn't work, we'll throw it away, all right?